Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week, I bring you individual stories and organizations that are making a difference in your communities. You see, I believe everyone has a story that is unique, just like our fingerprints that put us on the paths and the journeys of our lives. Some find purpose. Every story can help, heal, inspire, educate. My one word is to give hope. Today, well, we're talking about yet another topic that a lot of people either have an opinion of or have no education to. And it's one that we are all aware of with the changes that have been making, been made in our lives in the last 20, 21 year. And that is human trafficking. So stay tuned. You're going to be educated and you're going to be wowed because I know I was when I found this individual and his organizations organization. Who is my guest? Bruce Latibue. He is with the Children's Rescue Initiative. He's the founder and he spent his early years as a professional adventurer, explorer guide, and instructor. In 1993, he was traveling through the newly formed ex-Soviet countries and heard about human trafficking. That makes me cringe every time when I know more about what I hear. In 2003, Bruce went underground in Eastern Europe to investigate the plight of homeless children, we all know about the homelessness, in reference to human trafficking. What he found was very disturbing and beyond his ability to confront. We're just going to stop there and we're just going to get right into it. Please help me welcome my guest this morning, Bruce Latibue. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much, Christine, for having me on. There is so much I could have kept reading and reading and reading, but you know what? I'd rather hear from you what it is that you're doing, because I was taken back. As you know, a lot of people have heard about sex trafficking, human trafficking, and organ trafficking. And um, I don't even know where to begin to say, how do, we, uh, how do we help? What do you do? So you started out on just a vacation. What was it, an adventure? What were you doing? Uh, I was doing I was uh, doing some security work uh, and uh, we were traveling uh, quite extensively uh, in the former Soviet countries. I was working with uh, a missionary group doing security and uh, we uh, we started hearing about this whole thing that uh, you know the KGB came became the new mafia after the wall came down and and uh, I kept hearing about, you know, enslaved girls. And so I started looking into it. And I, I didn't really know what to do with that. that that's a pretty big undertaking. And uh, within, that, within the, the, that trip, which was about 30 days long, we, uh, we heard more and more about uh, these things. And we actually had people tell us that they had seen uh, places where girls were in cages, um, you know, wow. Street kids were being used, um, girls disappearing, uh, all kinds of things. And so I came back from from that trip, and um, I, I didn't really know what to do. Uh, so I started trying to do some research. Research I couldn't find anything back in the '90s on this subject. Went back again, did some more research over in the country, and I think it was 2003. <clears throat> another guy and I went over, excuse me, and uh, actually went underground and found kids in sewers living on uh, pipes. Uh, and we had found that uh, at this time, there was all kinds of girls that were just were missing. Boys were being, you know, the street boys were being used at night and then put back on the streets. So I was pretty horrified. <clears throat> and uh, still didn't know what to do with all that. Uh, started doing more research, still couldn't find much uh, stuff. And then 2009, I was actually in a, a very dangerous nation uh, doing some work there. 
And the, my hosts started talking about uh, you know, slavery and said that there are literally hundreds of thousands of people in slavery here. I said, show me, you know? So they took me over to this little factory and there was a, when we walked into the courtyard, it was like a tool and die shop type of thing. We walked into the courtyard, there was a woman there uh, with her son and she was intently talking to him and he looked like he was crying, but I couldn't tell. And we walked in, walked around and my host said, these are slave boys. And I said, really? He says, yeah, they, they'll, they'll live and die here. <clears throat> and uh, so when I walked out, I, 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 we noticed that the boy that was in the courtyard was now be uh, back behind a machine, standing in a corner watching the other boys. And I said to my host, I said, what, what just, where, why is that boy here? And, and so he asked a couple questions. He said, uh, he called me dad because I was an you know, older guy than him. And he said, uh, dad, uh, that woman just sold her son to this factory. <gasps> oh, I was horrified. <clears throat> I didn't know what to do. So um, we uh, uh, went back and made a plan that we were just going to go and buy him back, you know, because I had no, I had no reference points at that time. Right. So. Uh, and then we rescued a couple more kids. Uh, we just took them. Uh, we, they were on this, uh, they were in a, a meeting they were in, they were kind of looking for food and I found out they were slave kids. So I walked them over to our host and I said, Hey, just, these are going to be your new children. They're not going back. And he says, no, nobody does that in this nation. That, that's impossible. And I said, no, we're, we're going to do it. And that's kind of how I started. And then, uh, we ended up in that nation rescuing over 2000, um, adults and children out of really, really bad situations in very dangerous uh, places. Uh, and that was over a seven year period. And then I got poisoned in 2015. Uh, there was a contract on my life. Uh, oh, wow. There had been several attempts on me, but that one, that one, uh, they got to me and it took me well over a year to recover and then uh, decided not to go back at that point. Uh, and we started working in some other nations and getting kids out of brothels and and uh, children out of labor camps and those kind of things. And, and we're working here in the United States now, too. So I'm trying to wrap my head around all this information. It is a lot to take. And with the 2020 year that exploded on a lot of things that have mm. been underground, I think is a word you used for yeah. a long time. And but we're going to just talk about this here. You know, slavery, we have people here in the States that are, I'm going to use the word lightly, ignorant to that word. And when you speak about slavery, you're talking about these children and uh, other individuals, adults you've mentioned. Um, give me more uh, specifics as to the slavery that you're talking about, because you also meant, you also mentioned brothels, but, and I think most people know what those are. Uh, what would be the slavery that you refer to? So for me, I, I categorize things in two, two ways. There's, there's sex trafficking and there's labor slavery. There, there's some other types of things that are, <clears throat> but it's estimated right now there's 40 million people worldwide in modern slavery of some type, whether that's sex trafficking or, uh, you know, the, la the labor slavery. And so it's been increasing because it's becoming the go-to uh, business for criminals, a multi-billion dollar industry now. Really, and, uh, and and many of the many of the adults that we have uh, rescued, especially in the last couple of years that I was over in a certain nation, um, they were showing me their scars where their kidneys were removed by force. They didn't have a choice. So organ trafficking. Yeah, that's part of it too. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my word. Yeah, so yeah. when people talk about needing a, an organ and we're here in the States being on a list, we truly don't know where those organs are coming from. In our minds, we're very narrow-minded to think that they're coming from someone who actually passed away, not ever thinking that it's actually a live human being walking around missing an organ because the value of that organ was more to someone than the individual who owns it. Well, I would think here in the United States, that, you know, with the, all the standards of the medical community, that 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 it's all legit. Okay. But there is a black black market, and in other countries, it's just kind of open. You know, we we've, we've I've interviewed a lot of uh, very high ranking people in a lot of places, and and it's just accepted. You know that these things take place. Um, you know, we we're, we're seeing a rise in human trafficking here, um, which mm-hmm. is the majority would be sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of different estimates out there, but we we uh, we're working here in the U.S. now and, and helping with investigations and doing different things. But uh, up until now, most of our work has been international, and we just had a huge opening here to 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 work. So. Um, it's growing because, like I said, it's the go-to business of criminals because in their minds, they sell drugs. It's one-time use. They can sell a girl over and over and over and over, you know, every day. And uh, uh, I can't remember the exact estimates, but it's hundreds of thousands of dollars off of one person, you know, in, in these brothels. So, Oh, my goodness. That is just horrific. Um, you had mentioned cages, and, and when you said that, you know how social media is. People will share things and you don't know what if what is really, unfortunately, with what we've been through. No one knows what the truth is anymore or what images are being made. But you just referenced cages. So this really is a real image that has been shared, probably that I've seen and other people have seen. Well, I, I've seen kids that have been, um, you know, caged up, not a lot, just a, just a few. But a friend of mine actually witnessed that in a certain area of of. Uh, the uh um uh not the well i guess it's eastern europe would i would describe just eastern europe and he said he went into a place where there was just maybe two or three dozen cages with girls and and men were coming to buy them and that was that was some years ago and now this is all increased um there's something called the the global slavery index and it kind of shows how many people in each country are estimated to be in human trafficking labor slavery uh, that's a great you know place to to go do some research um, you know like in uh, india for instance they believe that there's up to 17 million people that are in some form of bonded labor you know um, different types of slavery sex trafficking all those things and there's a very much an international market where humans are shipped, you know, to different places. I actually intervened in one place and we, we, uh, I think it was either six or seven girls. I don't remember specifically, um, that had been just given passports. They were all about 14, 13, 14, 15, and they were being getting ready to be shipped to the middle East. Um, and we were able to get them out before that happened. So this is very real. It's it's not uh, you know I've had people you know tell me hey there's no slavery anymore yeah it's, it's there's more slaves today than any time in history. Well, now we know this because we've heard this through the media with everything that took place for the 2020 year, which isn't just the government part. It was. Mm-hmm the reality of life and things that have been kept um, a secret for so long. Now you had mentioned that there was a boy that um, you bought now. So there's two questions here. 
Do these individuals, like here in the States, we have a name, we have a social security number and a birth certificate. Is that the same that applies to these individuals over there when they're purchasing something like a, like an individual? No. The, so most of the slave children don't have an identity. Um, a lot of the kids that we've rescued don't really have any understanding of the outside world because they've been kept in a brick kiln or maybe a factory. Um, you know, the, the youngest child we rescued in 2019 was out of a brothel, was three years old. <gasps> the, the average age was eight and nine years old. And, uh, you know, all the way up to 18 uh, or so. But the average age of all the children we rescued in the last couple of years has been eight or nine years old. That makes me sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A kid Good. can't be a kid and then you're destroying them the way that you're destroying them. Going back to this young man that you said you bought, you did buy is what you said, right? Well, we, we, yeah, he, I don't he, like the, using that word. It sounds so. Yeah, so it does. And I didn't know what I was doing back there uh, at, at that time. I'd had no clue. Um, so the mom got $500 for her son and we went and gave $500 back to the slave owner. We took the son and got him into a new home. We did not take him back to his mom. And so what happens in those cases, a lot of these impoverished nations, impoverished people, they, uh, they don't have access to birth control. So they'll have quite a few children. And oftentimes there, there's a system set up. They may, they may um, sell one child to save five, you know, um, because that's a lot of money, $500 or, sure. or more. And so uh, very often we've encountered uh, parents who have sold their kids, you know, into very, very difficult, harsh environments. Now I can see where adoption comes into place when people are adopting children out of the States. Mm-hmm. It's not just about the adoption. It's saving those children's lives. It is. Uh, and that is, yeah, that, I mean, and I'm going to say this as an American, if someone criticizes me, that's fine, but we're very selfish and we're mm-hmm. very naive and we're self-absorbed and we want what we want. And we don't realize the cost or the price that is paid without the dollar signs, obviously, that is yeah. made for us to have these things that we think mm-hmm. we need to have. Yeah. I, I, wow, this one totally has enlightened me today. When you say rescue, can you say what you're doing as far as rescuing? Are you placing these individuals in other homes? And have you adopted any, I'm going to say adopted, I don't like to use the word purchase, any yeah. of these children to, and brought them here to give them a better life? Well, yeah, yeah, just to clarify, we don't, we don't, there's no money exchanged after those, those initial encounters realize that's just not the way to do it. And I had to kind of discover on my own how to do all this. So uh, for instance, we went into one place and loaded up a number of vehicles and took 80 slaves from a a brick field, just took them. And uh, we had a lot of death threats, a lot of things happening. Uh, the last couple of years, we'll go in and take two or three little kids out of a cafe, you know, where they're being, um, you know, sold on a daily basis, uh, or we'll go into a, a brick field or a factory and, and take children out. We just go in and take them. We have really good teams of people that, that are trained and know how to do this. And then from there, our motto is rescue, restore and raise up. So the restoration process is to make sure that they're in a, in a great home, uh, or a, uh, you know, a children's home, uh, you know, some kind, some type of safe sanctuary. And then, you know, we, we try to create a environment where 
you know, they get restored and then they, they get educated and, and raised up uh, to be successful people. Um, yeah, there's nothing, really nothing easy about what we do, you know, because we're dealing in really difficult places. And some of these places, um, you know, uh, don't uh, don't allow adoptions. They won't let you take kids out of the country. They, um, if you're a different religion, they won't let you do anything. So we have to find good, solid, you know, places to take them within that country. And our, our teams, you know, uh, are, are very loving people uh, for the most part, um, uh, you know, well-trained. And so uh, we do everything we can to make sure once they're out, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna have successful lives. I like hearing the word success and actually success is an individual thing. It's not one way of looking at life. It's your individual definition of how you feel success is. And for me, this is a huge success for sure when you're saving all these lives. And when you mentioned that you, you put these individuals in safe places, safe homes, obviously there's some trauma that has taken place and a, a new a retraining rather of how these individuals actually could live their life. So with that being said, do you know, and maybe you don't, these safe places that these individuals go to, these children, is there some treatment? Is there therapy for them to be able to get past those traumas and the triggers and all of the things that are very hurtful? Yeah, that's a great question and not an easy answer. Okay. Uh, because in some of the places we, we work, there is just, there's not much there. You know, there is no counseling centers, there's no welfare systems, anything like that. So um, what I've discovered um, is that the children that were born into slavery recover at a different rate than the children that maybe had, like if a child was displaced by a flood, parents were lost, they're displaced, they get picked up and put into, you know, um, the sex trafficking. There's a trauma that way that's different than when they are born into slavery, even though they're beaten and they're they're abused um, almost in the same way. There's a there's a traumatic element to being kidnapped or snatched off a street uh, that's different than if they are, you know, born into it and that's all they've ever known. Um, they seem to they seem to um, adjust quicker than the, the children that were, you know, taken, snatched or, or whatever. Uh, I don't have scientific, you know, evidence for that, but it's, it's a personal observation of working, you know, over the last dozen years with, with these people and, uh, and seeing the progress going back. And now, now they're in school uniforms and they're playing like their children again and smiling and, you know, reading books and, you know, we ask the children what their desires are. And they'll, you know, I remember just so vividly one uh, little boy was pulled out of a very hard labor slavery issue. And we had a, a woman with us um, and an independent interpreter that were doing the interviews. And she said, what would you like to be when you grow up? And he looked at her and he says, I just want to be a good man. Oh. That, that broke that broke us all, you know, and then other, you know, other children have said, I want to be teachers. One, I remember one girl said, I want to be a dancer. You know, they have they have dreams and ambitions, too, but they would have never realized that and why they're in slavery. 
Wow, that really touched my heart just to be a good individual versus yeah. a career type who I want to be when I grow up. Because that is the question we are asked when we're kids. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I actually enjoy do what I, doing what I'm doing. And that was put on my heart. And um, I get educated. And that's why I want to teach other people too. You know, you talked about all the different um, things that go on with these individuals to be able to have the dream, like you just said. Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned early on in this interview that as Americans, we're opinionated, we're selfish, we want what we want. But I also want to share that we're also proactive. You've Mm -hmm. mentioned that when I asked you what happens if there's trauma, how do these individuals get past that trauma or work through it? We're here in the States. We have many organizations that are proactive to help with those traumas, to place those individuals in a place so they can be a good man can be a dancer, can have families and make a difference. So that truly warms my heart. Yeah. So, you know, so we're still trying to develop as much of that, get our, get our people trained in trauma counseling, those kind of things, and then be able to eventually train up people over there in those different places to, to just do that long-term. So if someone should want to be a part of your organization, and I ask carefully, only because you had mentioned earlier on that there was a threat on you at one point, and I would never want anyone to feel that when they're going to make a difference, that they would have that same feeling that they're going to have to watch their backs when they're trying to do something good. Is there a way that if anyone wants to be a part of your organization, volunteering or even donating, that they can do so? Sure. Yeah. You know, the, the, the uh, danger factor, um, we try to minimize by keeping our, our people, their identities quiet. You know, I'm, I've become the, the public figure, but um, yeah, if they, if they're interested, they can go to uh, the children's um, and there's information on there, how to be involved. You can donate on there and we're, we're completely privately funded. Uh, so uh, we don't have, you know, a uh, huge budget, but we make every dollar count and, and we get as many, you know, teams out as we can. Of course, COVID, you know, that knocked us down for almost a year and we've had a couple teams out, but um, so yeah, thechildrensrescue.org. When you talk about those teams down, as we know, everybody was down in the 2020 year, that just mm-hmm. actually makes me think how much more and how many individuals probably lost their lives or um, how much more was taking place with this trafficking, whether it's Oregon sex or labor, as you have referenced to. Mm-hmm. I want to truly commend you on what you're doing because it does, as you've already mentioned, there, there was a risk at it, but it was a risk you were willing to take so that someone could say, I want to be a good man or a dancer. So I commend you and, and say that you're doing a, a fabulous job. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on, Christine. Absolutely. I appreciate you actually accepting. I mean, I, I, I see stories and people have no idea who I am or what I'm asking. And I, I really want the message that they've put out to the public to be given on another level, which is what I love to do. And it, always, it also helps me throughout my life and my day and how I meet people. I have one final question, which shouldn't be as difficult. You ready? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. My final question is this. What message would you like to leave based on your journey of life or what you do? Well, I am huge on helping people to discover the uh, champion within. And I I love to see people um, fulfill their potential. You know, I'm just a country boy. I grew up in a little town and uh, just was crazy enough to think outside the box. 
So, you know, I encourage people not to live in the comfort zone because that's a killing zone and to, you know, really go after their dreams and visions and become uh, somebody that's uh, touching the world and, and changing lives. And everybody has the potential of doing that. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's fearful. Everything is fearful. But once you get in there, yeah, absolutely. You're making a difference and it makes you feel good, too. That's right. Yeah. One more time, where can you be found? Should anyone want to reach out to you? Uh, Thechildrensrescue.org. Perfect. Thank you again for all this information. I have I have to put this one on the books for learning the most. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and I hope that my listeners will take it to heart to understand that um, someone's always got it more difficult, but there's also someone who's wanting to make a difference for those difficult situations, such as what you're doing and your team as well. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes. To my listeners. Wow. Another amazing story and organization doing so much for so many and not just here in the States. If you have a story you want to share or know someone who has a story or you have an organization making a difference in your community, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well and you take care. <laughs>